Hi, and welcome to Empowering Blackpool, the podcast designed to help anyone overcome the problems that all of us can face at some point in our lives. I'm Lindsay from Empowerment Charity, and in this episode, I speak to Mike Crowther, the Chief Executive of Empowerment. Mike will be talking about men's mental ill health and tells us how Elliot's Place Project is helping young men in Blackpool. Please be aware this episode contains discussions about suicide. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 033-00-889255. Mike, welcome to Empowering Blackpool. It's really good to be here. Thanks, Lindsay. So we're going to be talking about men's mental ill health today. And I just wondered what you thought about why men maybe suffer a little bit more with their mental health more than women. Well, I think I'll start off with my own story. I'm 49 now, about to be 50. When I was about 18, I first started suffering from what I now know was depression and anxiety. And I didn't speak to anybody about it. That was because of shame. It was because of stigma. I didn't want people to think that I was weak or not able to cope. Nothing in my life as a young man had prepared me for that, both in terms of the illness, but also preparing me to share that. So I kept it a secret. I kept it a secret from my own family, from my friends, from those people I worked with. And that carried on until my early 40s. And I just got to the point where I could cope at times miserably, that I thought that life is just hard and difficult. But all that time, I could never ever share, even with those people closest to me, that I was really struggling with my mental ill health. The irony is, is that I supported many other people um, to get help, to get support. As a leader of organizations, I was always providing counseling for people who were clearly struggling, but I didn't think that was for me. And it's only when things really started to fall apart for me in my early 40s, when my marriage broke up, when I got completely disinterested in work, didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, I gave up a job, which was a very demanding and, and highly paid job, but I just gave it up. I didn't want to carry on with it. And I knew at that stage that I needed to do something different. So I went to see a, a counsellor. And the first two sessions were just dreadful because I was refusing to admit that I actually had any problems. In fact, I kept saying to the counsellor that actually I shouldn't be here. This is self-indulgent. Counselling is for other people who who are really going through difficult times. And it wasn't until the third session where the counsellor completely convinced me that, and I had to accept this myself, that actually what I was experiencing and had done for many, many years, over 20 years, was depression and anxiety. The relief I felt when at last I acknowledged that was incredible. I remember that at the time. Following that, I went on to medication. But ever since then, a profound change happened to me. And that was that never again was I going to hide or keep it a secret that I actually had depression and anxiety. In that time, which is probably about six years ago now, I've been uh, on medication. I keep on that medication. When I've tried to come off it, I've started to feel uh, poorly again. I regularly still see a therapist. But what that taught me 
was that I had no reason to be ashamed or feel the stigma of having a mental illness. And actually, the mental illness was made much worse by the fact that I was keeping it a secret. I also manage my mental health now in a much better and much more healthy way. I do that by speaking about it, by sharing my struggles. I also uh, exercise regularly, run lots of miles each week. Uh, I try and eat a healthy diet, try and make sure that I'm sleeping well. Don't drink too much alcohol. So now that I've admitted and acknowledged that I have a mental illness, I can better manage it. But the main thing is, which I am so passionate about, is what I learned is that actually so many men, young men, older men, get into this pattern whereby they are clearly experiencing mental illness, clearly suffering, really, really struggling. And yet they feel, because of the stigma, because of the shame, the feelings of embarrassment, that they cannot share that with anyone. And that's why I'm so passionate now, is that we have to do something in our society to massively change that culture, whereby in the same way that any man can speak openly about having a broken leg or having a cold without any embarrassment, men will be able to speak about their own mental illness and get the help and support that they need. So hopefully you can hear the passion coming through, but but I have to start with my personal experience, 20 odd years of not speaking about it. And I want to stop other people going through that similar experience. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that and obviously being so open and honest. And I, I can hear the passion in your voice. And, and I just wonder, from not talking about a mental ill health, what kind of problems can arise from that? Well, in my own experience is actually you don't get better. And part of the thing that you get into the mindset of, which I felt for many years, is this is as good as life can get. And it's only when I realized that actually I had a problem, I had an illness, and that help was available, that I could get a lot better. And, and, and I certainly, even though life is not perfect now, and I still have my struggles, I still sometimes wake up in the morning and think, actually, I just want to stay in bed, I don't want to face the day ahead. But but life is so much better for me now because I've got that help. For people, and, and in this particular context, I want to speak about men. What actually happens, though, is that I was very fortunate that I never had, throughout all my experiences, I never had uh, suicidal thoughts. I never wanted to end, end my life. But many men in similar situations because they cannot get the help, because they do not recognize that they actually have a mental illness, their, their symptoms, their feelings of depression, anxiety get worse. And what that can happen is that actually, there's two things really, is one is that people start to what we call self-medicate. So they try and take the pain away through alcohol, through substances, and we know that actually that just gives a short-term alleviation to the problem. It actually makes it worse. Alcohol is a depressant. We know that. That's why, you know, I, as a, somebody who has a mental illness, I have to be very careful with the amount of alcohol I drink because I know it can actually, the following day, it can depress my mood. 
So people self-medicate, and that's why in Blackpool, where we are, one of the main reasons why we have such a high level of number of men with substance misuse problems is because actually the underlying cause is an undiagnosed and an untreated mental illness. The second thing is, is that men can then get to the situation whereby they feel so unhappy, so miserable. They lose hope, they despair, and they actually feel that other people and society as a whole would be better off without them. And that's when men start thinking about, start planning suicide. In Blackpool, we have higher, much higher than national rates for suicide amongst men of all ages. And the reason is because that man in that particular situation is not getting the help and the support that they need. We hear too often stories of men who have died by suicide and for the people, their families, their friends, as well as the utter grief of losing a loved one, it is the shock because very often they didn't know there was a problem. How many times have we heard that he was so cheerful, he was the life and soul of the party, he had everything to live for, why would he do something like this? And the reason is that behind that mask is a man who's suffering severely with mental illness and he doesn't know or doesn't have the confidence to get that help and support that he needs. Therefore, and I think we have to speak bluntly about this, is that men are dying in our own community who, if we just got the right help and support, if they felt able to speak about how they were feeling, then the outcome could be very different. And I passionately believe that if we create a society and a culture where men feel able and open to speak about their mental illness, we will be literally saving men's lives. And that's why we have to do something different and we have to do something radical to change the way we think about men and mental illness. Yeah, I obviously agree with this because it is a passion of mine and I know that together we've been working on a project, but I just wondered if you'd like to speak a little bit about what Empowerment is doing to tackle this stigma and help those young men. Yeah, so Lindsay, you know that we've been having this conversation for quite some time. Empowerment is a a Blackpool-based charity and and one of the things that we specialise in is journeying alongside people um, whose voices are never listened to, who nobody really cares for. And we feel that if people's voices are heard, then they feel that they have the confidence to ask for that help and support. And we've been talking for some time around particularly young men and suicide, the fact that young men's voices are not being listened to and they don't have the confidence to do so. In September 2020, I was visited by a family, uh, Catherine, Mike and Millie. The week before, their son, their brother, Elliot Taylor, age 24, had died by suicide. Their grief, their shock was tangible when I met with them. 
But what was equally strong and came through, and which I feel that they are the, one of the most inspiring families I've ever had the privilege to meet and work alongside, is that they wanted to help other families to not have to go through what they were going through. And as they told their story, they told the story of their lovely, popular son, who was a great friend to many people and really had in so many ways so much many things to look forward to. But behind the scenes, he suffered very badly with mental ill health. His family couldn't have been more supportive. They couldn't have tried more to help Elliot. But when he actually tried to get help and support from others and from the system, then that support wasn't forthcoming. Most people who knew Elliot, people he worked with, friends he'd known for many years, didn't know that Elliot was suffering mental illness, but his family knew. So we started talking together about how we wanted to really use this as an opportunity from tragedy to do something inspiring, something that would bring hope to local young men and that we would change lives. Catherine and the family chose empowerment because they'd heard some great things about us. They knew that we actually were passionate about mental health and that through our conversations, they trusted us to actually take forward a project which would do precisely what they wanted to achieve, which was to help other families by helping young men to be able to speak and get support about their mental illness and to give them hope that suicide was not the only option. So together, we created Elliot's Place. And this is where, um, I know you're modest, but this is where, Lindsay, you came in, and I know that you project manage this fantastic, innovative, creative, project. And we've worked with the family now for probably about 18 months. And in that time has been this absolutely inspirational fundraising effort spearheaded by the family and by ourselves in which we've raised thousands of pounds. And absolutely delighted that in September of last year, 12 months after Elliot's death, we actually installed the new Elliot's Place building in our grounds here at the Empowerment Base. What we've been doing since is furnishing and uh, decorating the building, making sure that it is a place which is a place of welcome. Uh, we've been doing the grounds around the building, and so it looks a great place, uh, and we're finalising those works at the moment. We've also been working with a, alongside a group of young men because we didn't want to decide finally what Elliot's place should look like or how it should work. So young men have been telling us what Elliot's place should be. We've just taken on our first staff members. So we're looking forward to Elliot's place being operational and actually delivering that life-changing support in the next few weeks. But what is Elliot's place? Well, the first thing is it's not a service. It's actually a community. It's a community of young men, all of whom have had their own personal experience and struggles with mental illness, who want to help other young men 
going through those experiences. It's a place where young men can speak openly about their mental health without fear, without stigma, and without shame, because they're speaking and sharing their stories with other people, with other men who understand because they've gone through it themselves. So it's a place to talk, it's a place to share. It's also an opportunity to take part in activities together. We won't decide those activities. It could be walking, it could be woodwork skills, it could be gardening, it could be going to the pub. That's not for us to decide. It's what the young men themselves want to do. We're going to have a team of Elliot's mates and they're going to be our volunteers. They're going to be the people actually delivering the support and they will be guided and managed by a coordinator and by an activities officer. So Elliot's place is going to really take off, I think, over the next few weeks and not a moment too soon because we every day are hearing stories of young men who are thinking of contemplating suicide. So I'm delighted that Elliot's Place will provide an opportunity for young men to get that support, get that help from others in similar situations and be able to turn their lives around. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be emotional work. We're going to have real difficulties and challenges, but we at Empowerment never choose the easy route. We always do the difficult thing. And we always work along those, alongside those people who need our help the most. The dream, the vision we have is that we will save lives, that young men will lead much better, happier lives. That is their right. And that they themselves, once they've received that support and feel ready, will go on to help others. So it's almost this kind of continuous ripple in the water whereby People receive help, they get better, and then they help others. So as you can hear again, is that Elliot's Place is something very different, something very exciting, but my goodness, it is needed in Blackpool right now. Absolutely. It's it's obviously a passion project of mine, um, but I think that we're at a point now where Yes, it, it's been obviously there's a tragedy and there's a lot of uh, the, the men's mental ill health is coming into play. There's there's a lot after COVID, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening. There's a lot of, you know, stresses on, on the community at the moment in terms of finances and lots going on. But for Elliot's place, for me, especially being a woman, just being able to facilitate it, it's been an absolute pleasure because I can already see the way it's changed some of the people's lives that have even come along to, you know, just, I don't know, uh, do a bit of the groundwork or come in and fix something or donate something. And I think the community of people that, that is going to be Elliot's Place, it's a really positive outcome. And I feel like we have already changed people's lives, but it's only the very, very, very start of that. So it's it's really exciting. So I'm going to say that change is possible. So if somebody is listening and can relate to what you've spoken about, what would you recommend that they do? Well, I'm glad you said that, Lindsay, because something that we believe with a passion, and that word passion comes time and time again for us at Empowerment, is that change is possible. Very often people get to a situation where things have gone so badly or they feel so poorly, whether mentally or physically, 
that they literally feel that change is not possible, that nothing can improve, that nothing can get better. But I am an unapologetic optimist because day in and day out, I do see people's lives being changed for the better. They do it themselves, but they do it with the support and help of people who understand and who are by their side. So anybody out there who at this moment in time has reached that moment of despair, has reached that time when they think nothing will change, I encourage you, I ask you, get in touch with us here at Empowerment. You will be greeted with warmth, with sensitivity, and you will be welcomed, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. We have currently an empowerment, 22 people who are employed by the organization, who used to be homeless, have substance misuse, addictions, who were in and out of prison, and who experienced very bad mental illness. With the right support, they changed their lives. And now they are in paid work, helping other people to change their lives too. So things like that give me hope. I think you're right, Lindsay, in the sense of even when we started on the Edits Place journey, is that many men's lives have already been changed. Because when we talked about Elliot's Place and about our vision, suddenly, almost out of the woodwork, people started talking to us about their own experience of either feeling suicidal, of either attempting suicide, but also family members who had lost their loved ones to suicide. So I do think we've already created a culture and an opportunity for people to, to share and to talk and therefore lives get better. So in summary, change is possible. And that's exactly what we at Empowerment are all about. Mike, thank you so much for talking with Empowering Blackpool. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you found Empowering Blackpool useful, please give us a rating and leave us a review in your podcast app. For more information about the topics discussed in this episode, go to empowermentcharity.org.uk or call 0300 32 32 100.